Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Glimpse of what happens on Wednesday night, and so I think it's fitting that uh, I, I lay the microphone down and let somebody else uh, bring the word. Uh, as you know, Woody and Jesse are our youth pastors, and they do a phenomenal job. And uh, Woody brings the word most Wednesday nights, and he's going to do that this morning. Uh, I thought about a, a, a bunch of ways I could uh, introduce him. You know him, but, you know, we're supposed to introduce, so I'm going to introduce him. But I thought of all the things I could tell you. I could tell you. He's just a great guy. I could tell you he's a, 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 good, a great youth pastor. I could tell you that he's a great preacher and all that. But I think really what it boils down to, the thing that I'm thankful for the most, is I, I could just stand up here and tell you we make a good team and we work together well and all that kind of stuff. And I know pastors that can say that about their youth pastors, but I know a lot of them can't say what I'm getting ready to say. And that is I'm just thankful that he's a good friend. There are staff members at churches that don't do anything together. We're friends. We hang out, and I am thankful for that, and I'm thankful for the impact that he's having on our young people and our college students. And then let me just bring it right on down home. I'm thankful for the impact he's having on my kids. My kids. In fact, Tal will remind me on a regular basis of things that Woody has said in the pulpit. And so I know he's listening, so I'm thankful for the impact that they're having on my children because it means a lot to us and that's what it's all about, really. And so we're thankful for that. Would you please give a big Passion Church welcome to Walter Woody Burpo. Well, as you guys got to see, I, uh, I have an amazing team. That's only some of them that lead worship. But uh, Jesse and I, we're blessed here, and uh, the Lord has provided us. We have 12 leaders in the youth ministry that are just absolutely phenomenal. We have even more than that volunteers, but we have 12 leaders that uh, are just sold out to the youth ministry, and they give of their time every Wednesday night to help me do everything to get the church set up, to set up all the games. If you haven't been here, we pull out a ping pong table and foosball and set up wees, and we do all of that every Wednesday, and I've got a team that does that, and I, all I have to do is come and preach, and uh, it's amazing to be able to have that, and so I'm thankful for them. And so if you see them, if you see my team, uh, I won't name all 12 of them, but if you know who they are, then uh, thank them because they are tremendous blessings to Jesse and I. And so uh, this morning, uh, I'm going to jump right in it. And so you may not be ready for me just quite yet because I know it's early in the morning. It's only 10 in the morning. And, um, but I'm going to say a prayer, and then we're going to jump right in it. So Lord Jesus, I thank you today for your word, God. I just thank you, Lord Jesus that you love us, God, and that you love us so much that you want us to change. And so, God, this morning, that's what I ask that you do. I ask that you change us. I ask that you mold us and shape us, God. Turn us into the thing, into the person that you want us to be, God. I just ask that everybody that's here would leave this place changed and transformed this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Well, listen, I, I believe that we have a problem. We as Christians have a problem. The problem is that we have fallen. The problem is that we spend a majority of our time on the ground. We don't want to admit it. We don't even notice that we spend our time on the ground, but we spend a majority of our time on the ground. And the reason is because we all struggle with pride, and therefore we are fallen man. You all know the scripture, therefore it makes us fallen man. I just want to bring some things to your light. You say, oh, Woody, I'm not prideful. Let me just bring some things to your attention that will show you that we all struggle with pride. See, a lot of us, we're too prideful to get some help. 
See, when we need help, we're too prideful to go and ask somebody for help. We're too prideful to go and say, hey, listen, I need some help. I need some money. I need some encouragement. We're way too prideful to receive some help. See, we're way too prideful to receive from God. You know how I know that? Because we're so prideful, we don't even take time for God. See, we're prideful in the fact that we think that we don't need God, therefore we don't spend time with God. See, if we really understood how much we needed God and how much we needed to receive from God on a daily basis, we would get in our prayer closet. But see, we're too prideful for that. We're too prideful to help anyone. We're too prideful to give. Listen, let me get it right in your, right in your lap. We're too prideful to come down and answer an altar call. You see, we'll preach and we'll come to a service and somebody will preach and they'll give an amazing altar call, but we don't answer the altar call because, see, we're the leaders of the church. You see, I usher at the church. You see, I'm a greeter. You see, I play the drums. You see, I lead worship. I can't answer that altar call because nobody can know what I struggle with. We all struggle with the area of pride. I told you I was coming this morning. I didn't know if you're ready at 10 in the morning, but we all struggle with pride. Therefore, we are fallen man, and that's really good. But listen, I've always told people that I can get along with anybody. You can put me in the room with anybody and I can get along with them except a prideful person. You know those people, those people that just reek of pride and arrogance? I've always made that statement. I'm like, man, I can hang out with anybody. But you put me in a room with a prideful person, I'm going to tear their head off because I just cannot stand pride. And you see that over the course of the last month as I've been preparing, God's been showing me that we're so quick to point our finger to those people. And say, you're prideful and you're prideful, that we fail to recognize that we all are prideful. That we struggle with pride. So I'm asking you this morning. It's very easy when we come to church to shovel stuff. You know what I mean? You come to church and you say, man, that'd be so good for my brother. If my brother was here, man, that'd be good. Man, you know my coworker, that that receptionist that's sitting there? Man, if she was here this morning, man, I mean, this would change her life. I really wish she was here. Or, 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 or no, 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 I really wish my kids were here because they need to hear this message. So I'm asking you, don't shovel it this morning. This morning's message is for you. It's for all of us. We all struggle with this, and this is what I want to talk about this morning is pride. Let me read a scripture to you. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 16 out of the King James Version says, for all, A-L-L, all that is in the world, three categories, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. You see, there's three categories of sins. If it's not lust of the eyes, then it's lust of the flesh. If it's not either one of those, then it's the pride of life. And see, what the enemy does is the enemy uses those three things to come at us. He tries to tempt us in the lust of the flesh. He tries to tempt us in the lust of the eyes. But what he tries to tempt us definitely in is the pride of life. He all comes at, he comes at all of us with the pride of life. If, he knows that if, we can, if he can get us prideful, it doesn't matter what we do in the kingdom. Are you listening? It doesn't matter how good we are or how many lives we change. If we're prideful, it does not matter. And so he understands that. So he's coming at us, especially those of us that are Christians. We got to deal with the other two. But the pride of life is one that I want to talk about this morning. There's three things that I want to bring to your attention about pride. The first is this. God hates pride. You see that Proverbs chapter 8 and, verse thing tell, eight, 8 and verse 13 specifically tells us, I hate pride and arrogance. That's God talking. He hates pride and arrogance. And this, this, is, this is something that God showed me. This is really, really complex, okay? Are you ready? If God hates something, so should we. The things that God loves, we should love. But the things that God hates, 
we should hate. And it says that he hates pride and arrogance. See, but what we do instead of hating it is we tolerate it. See, it's become something that's so normal in our life that we tolerate it. We say that it's normal, Mike. We say that it's normal. It's okay. And it becomes a normal part of our life, and we just put up with pride. Let me read another scripture to you. Daniel chapter 4 and verse 37. This is King Nebuchadnezzar. This is him describing God Almighty. He says, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. He is able to humble us. I want you to understand this morning that you can only get away with pride for so long. You can have pride in your life, but you're only going to get away with it for so long because God is able, and because of his hate of pride, he will humble you. He will make for sure that circumstances happen in your life so that you will be humbled because he hates it. He hates it. He wants to get rid of every ounce of pride that's in our life, and he will do everything he can. He'll send your boss. Listen to me. He'll send your boss to your life to humble you, to make for sure that you don't get prideful. He'll, he'll, he'll allow you to fail. He'll pull the rug from out from under you so you can fall, so that you realize that you cannot have pride. You realize that you cannot do it on your own. He wants to get every ounce of pride out of us, and he'll do whatever he has to to do that. He will humble you. You've got to understand that. You've got to see that this morning. I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to protect you from being humbled by God. You see, there's, this takes us to the second thing that you got to understand about pride, and it's the scripture that we all know, and it's the, it's the main basis for the title, Fallen Man. It says, it, 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 it's, it's pride comes before a fall. You see, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, I'm going to read it in the NIV, and then I'm going to read it in the message, but the NIV says this, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Now listen to this in the message, this is good. It says, first pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. Pride comes before fall. Notice that God doesn't say that it's optional, that, 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 that you might fall. He's not saying that, there, that there's a chance or perhaps you might. He is saying that it is inevitable, that if you have pride, it comes, bef it comes before the crash. But you will fall. You will come tumbling down. And I think that that's good. It says the bigger the ego, the harder the fall. The more you blow yourself up, the, 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 the more pride you have, the longer fall you're going to have down to the bottom. You see, there's two ways to fall. Because you did it or because God did it. See, and we already talked about God doing it. See, God hates pride, and he'll make for sure that we fall. He'll make for sure that he sets something up that we cannot do, and he'll pull his power from us, and then he'll say, now do it. And what we do is we're stupid enough to try to do it. And then when we try to do it, we fall flat on the ground. You see, but the second way that we fall, it's a little more subtle. See, because when you reek of arrogance, God's going to make sure that you fall. But see, all of us struggle in this area, because see, not all of us reek of arrogance. 
We just have a little bit of arrogance in our life. And it's a little more subtle when we do it, when we make ourselves fall. See, what happens with pride is that we think that we're better than we actually are. That's pride. That is, if, if, if you were to dumb down the definition of pride, it's that we think that we're better than we actually are. And see, and we don't even realize that we think that way until we're sitting down with our rears on the ground because we've fallen and we can't get up. That's when we realize that we're prideful. You see, God gave me a little example. It's kind of silly, but it makes sense to me. And so I'm going to hope that it makes sense to you. See, what happens is pride is like hot air in a balloon. You see, you get a balloon, and what we do is we puff ourselves up. We go, <laughs> we put our finger over it. We go, <laughs> and we put our finger over it. We say, man, I'm so good at playing the drums, Mike. <laughs> we say, man, I'm so good at preaching. <laughs> and then what happens is we think we're good. We hold that balloon up in the air, and it looks full. And what we do is we let go. And the moment we let go, it goes, <laughs> and it's on the ground. It is completely empty. And how big we thought we were, we're nothing. We're nothing. And you've got to understand that. You've got to understand that that's what happens. See, even if you take that balloon and you don't blow in it and you put helium in it, you know, all the kids love that because those balloons float on their own. You can tie a string to them. But listen, if I left those balloons in this building by themselves for a week, what would happen? They'd shrink and shrink and shrink and shrivel until they were all the way down on the ground and they had nothing left of them. And see, and that's what we do. We fill ourselves with hot air and we think we're something and we bow out our chest. And we think that we got, we're, we're living high. And then all of a sudden we're down on the ground and we don't know why. And it's P-R-I-D-E, pride, that got us there. See, but if we allow God to fill up our balloon, come on. If we allow God to put the things in the balloon that, 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 that last for a little while, and we allow God to put us up in the air as high as we need to go, and then as we give him all the glory, he'll take us even higher. And then as we give him all the glory, he'll take us even higher and higher and higher. And as long as we give God all the glory and we give him all the credit, He'll keep taking us higher. But the moment, the moment that pride steps in, he'll let go of it and say, okay, you think you can do it on your own? You've taken all the credit? Do it on your own. And then we fall. See, there's, this is the last thing that I want you to understand about pride is that pride is sneaky. You understand that the enemy knows that if he just brought pride right into your life and made you the most arrogant person in the world, you'd go, whoa, something's wrong with this. And you'd notice it, right? Isn't that the way it is with all sin? I'll just give that little plug. You know, it's, it's never overnight. You never, you, you, you never just struggle with sin all of a sudden. Ooh, well, I don't know what happened. I just fell in sin. No, you didn't. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's a little at a time. It's a little compromise and a little compromise and a little compromise and a little compromise. And then now you've got a problem. And that's what he does with pride is a little bit and a little bit. And he sneaks. He finds a little area. He can just sneak a little pride in there. And he understands that as long as you're prideful, God will never do anything great in your life. See, but what happens is if we're not on the lookout for pride, if we're not paying attention and know that pride is sneaky and know that it's trying to sneak into our life, it will overtake 
our whole existence, our whole life. Pride will overtake it. Pride will dictate everything that we do if we let it. And it comes in slowly. See, let me bring you to another realization. Most people, except for people that go on American Idol, don't struggle with pride and things they're not good in. American Idol's the only exception. I never understood that. These people are crushed and they're crying afterwards. And it's like, sweetheart, nobody told you you were terrible to start with? Ain't got nobody that loves them in their life. They go to American Idol and try out and they think they're amazing and they're crushed because American Idol's their dream. And listen, they're not good. They should have not ever had an ounce of pride in their life because they're not good. Listen, for me, I'm never going to struggle with pride in singing. Amen to that right there. That's why I have a worship leader. That's why Pastor Steve has his wife that leads worship for him. We're not going to struggle with pride there. See, because I don't think I'm a good singer. So if I sing and it actually is on, it's on, it's on the pitch, I'm like, whoo, man, I'm blown away. I can't even believe it because I'm expecting that I'm not very good at it. See, the area that we struggle with with pride is the things that we are good at. See, I'm not going to struggle with uh, pride in singing, but the enemy does try to come at me with pride about preaching or communication. And he'll do the same with you, Mike. You're good at drums. He's going he's gonna to try to get pride to come into your life and think that you're better than everybody else. And the same for all of you. Whatever you're good at, that's the area that he's going to come and try to tempt you with pride. Let me, bring it, let me bring it back to you this way. Romans chapter 11, verse 29, it tells us that God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. They're without repentance. Basically, what that means is that God's never going to call you to do something that he doesn't give you the giftings to do it. Therefore, the giftings that we have come from God. But what the enemy tries to do is the enemy tries to blow you up. He tries to put his air on the inside of you and say, see what you can do, Mike, on the drums? See what you can do from the pulpit? See how you can sing? See how you can do these things? And he comes in, and it's those areas that we struggle with. It's the giftings that God's given us that we struggle with pride. And, we, and, it's, and it's easy, and it just kind of sneaks in a little bit at a time, and we become prideful because we're good at it. Because I can do it. But what we don't realize is that it's God that gave us the gift, and it's God that can taketh the gift. I put that in King James so you could understand it. Some of you don't speak anything but King James. But God giveth and God taketh. See, this is the truth. It seems like every time that we have a victory in our life, pride is right there waiting for us. Pride's hiding in the bush because when we have a victory, he wants to see if we'll become prideful and lose what we attained. See, it seems that every time we try to brag on God, there's that little hint of pride in our life that wants to say it was me that did it. You see, it seems like every time we give our testimony, Every time that we're telling somebody, listen, I used to do this, but now I do this. I used to struggle with this, and now I don't. Every time we do that, pride's right there waiting for us. And pride's trying to just get us to just have a little bit of arrogance in our life. And the moment that we have arrogance, all the air goes out of us. So it seems like that we ride on a roller coaster sometimes. 
and we're growing in the Lord, and then we're declining in the Lord. It's because when we got up here, our pride took over. Our pride took over. Whether we said it with our mouth, whether we said, listen, I've seen prideful people get up and speak and say, oh, I give God all the glory. It sure doesn't sound like it. It's not what you say with your mouth, it's your heart. Do you really understand why you are where you are? Why you have the job that you have? Why you have the giftings that you have? How you serve the way that you do? The, 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 the talents that you have? The money that you have? Do you understand why you have that? And if you don't understand it, pride's going to sneak in and pride's going to get you. See, the, my Bible, I don't know about what yours says, but my Bible tells me that every good and perfect gift comes from above comes from the Father above. And so that means everything that's good in our life. If you have kids that are getting good grades, it's not only because you're a good parent. It's because God allowed you to be a good parent. Understand that the giftings that you have are because God gave them to you. Yes, you possess them. Yes, you carry them out. But it's only by the work of God that you're able to do that. It's a heart condition. Pride is not what you say with your mouth. It's how you believe in your heart. And you have to see that God is the reason, the only reason that we can do the things that we do or that we have the things that we have or we can say the things that we say. But you got to watch out because pride is sneaky and it's going to try to sneak into your life. Is there somebody that could come and play? Just a little bit. Mike Andrews, you mind stepping up there for me? See, we have to be looking out for pride. See, what happens in our life is the very first thing that I talked about is that we tolerate it. It becomes such a normal part of our life that we don't notice it anymore. It's been there for so long that we don't even notice it. And what it is, is is pride provides a ceiling for us so we can only go so high. Because without the help of God, I can only do so much. And it provides a ceiling for us. And we can't go any higher. And so we've got to be on the lookout for pride. We've got to have our binoculars out saying, oh, there's a little bit of pride in my life. You know what really happens? Is you got to get in the presence of God. See, I, I, I've always seen the presence of God. And, and when you get into the presence of God, that God has one of those uh, spotlights. If you've never stood on this side of these lights right here. You don't really understand what I'm talking about. But have you seen those big spotlights? And when you get in the presence of God, it goes... It shines the light on you. And what it is is every ounce of darkness, you can see it. Every hint of pride, you can see it. See, but for a lot of us, what we've done is we've trained ourselves. The only time we get in the presence of God is on Sunday. So we'll deal with pride on Sunday, but on Tuesday, we're not looking out for pride. We're not paying attention to pride in our life. And it sneaks in, and it robs us of what God's wanting to do in our life. Stand to your feet this morning. You know, the key to getting rid of all pride in your life 
is honesty. When you're honest, when you're brutally honest, it cuts pride completely at its core. Pride has no place to stand when you're honest. Because, see, what we do, what pride does is pride only focuses on the good things in our life. So this morning I'm asking you, who do you have in your life that you're honest with, that you have no mask with? See, it's easy to come to church on a Sunday and put on a mask and pretend that everything's okay. But who are you honest with? Who knows who you really are? I know the, you guys know the church, Woody. You know the youth pastor, Woody. I know the church, Kenya. I know the church, Aaron. I know the church, Shane. But who do you have in your life that you're honest with? That you take off your mask and you say, these are the things that I struggle with. These are the problems that I have in my life. And when you do that, there's no room for pride there. It cuts pride completely at its core. See, it hurts pride when you talk about your weaknesses. When you talk about the things of your life that are weak, it hurts pride. As a matter of fact, it will probably hurt you. It'll hurt your pride. Because a lot of the times we ignore those things in our life. And we try to only think about the good things. But there comes a time when you got to start thinking about the weaknesses in your life. Because your weaknesses will only get bigger and bigger if you ignore them. Is it okay if I be honest with you this morning? I'm going to tear down some walls this morning. See, it hurts my pride personally to tell you that I've got to have a block on my internet so I don't go places I'm not supposed to go. You see this emotion that's coming out of me? It's because it hurts my pride to tell you that. I don't want to stand up and tell you that I've got to have that. I want to stand up and tell you that I'm victorious and that I don't have to struggle with that. But that's not the truth. But we'll act like that's the truth. It hurts my pride to tell you I'm not the husband that I want to be. That I don't treat my wife like she's the best woman in the world all the time. It hurts my pride to tell you that if you've ever come and watched me play soccer, I struggle with my anger. It hurts my pride to tell you that. It hurts my pride to tell you that I struggle with pride. So this morning I'm asking you, what hurts your pride? You know, I really should turn over the microphone and have people come up here because that'd get rid of pride in your life. But I'm not going to do that. But I want you to bow your heads and I want you to be honest with yourself. What are the things that you've needed help with that you haven't gotten help because of your pride? What's the area in your life that you're weak in? 
What's the area of your life that you need somebody to stand behind you and tell you that it's going to be all right and that you're going to make it out on the other side? What's the area in your life that you struggle with pride? What's the thing that God's gifted you at that sometimes you'll take all the credit for? And maybe you don't do it vocally with your mouth, but you do it in your heart. And you become prideful. Lord Jesus, this morning, God, I thank you that over the last couple weeks, God, you've been dealing with my pride. God, when you first gave me this thought, this message, God, it changed me. It changed who I am. It changed how I acted, God. It changed how I talked. It changed every aspect of my life, God. But God, you're still working on me. I'm not perfect and I don't have it all together. But God, I'm willing. I'm willing to let you work in my life. And God, this morning I'm asking that you do that work in these people's lives that are here this morning. God, I ask that you would tear down their pride. God, I ask that you would reveal to them their pride. God, reveal to them the areas that they're weak in, the areas that they struggle with. God, that they've been too prideful to get help. God, in this morning, I ask that you'd let them get help. You do the work this morning, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is how I'd like to end. I'd like for me and my leadership team to have the opportunity to pray with you. Is there an area that God's dealing with you about? Is there a weakness in your life that you haven't been getting help? Do you struggle with pride? And if you answer yes to any of those, then I'm going to ask you to come down here and allow me and my team to be able to pray for you and to love on you. So just come. Is that you? The front's open. If you need some special prayer for anything. God, you do the work this morning. God, deal with our hearts. God, deal with the things in our life, God.
It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more past resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 